A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Mini Crush Monday, M-U-N-D-Y. You know what that means? That's sort of like a Canadian uh, uh, pronunciation of Monday. You know, you know I say, sorry, sorry, mom, and, and Monday? No, Monday's a little more Midwestern. <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to latch on to something here, Chuck. I don't know. I got nothing, man. How are I, you? I'm fine. I don't know what Monday is. What what people say that? Monday? Well, like, we think, I think we did this before where it's, there's that, you know, Monday, Monday. No, they, they don't say it that way, do they? They say no. Monday, Monday. They definitely enunciate it correctly. Yeah, <laughs> I got nothing, Chuck. I think it's a Midwestern thing, like Monday uh-huh. week. You know, like if you heard people say Monday week. Uh, yeah, that's um, that feels antiquated. It does feel antiquated, doesn't it? You know what else is antiquated, Chuck? Cinema. <laughs> I think it's on the way out. Honestly. Man, it's really starting to catch up to me not having new movies. Mm, For a while, weird. I was like, you know, I'm fine. Plenty of movies out there to watch. But Well, at least we're getting some new stuff on the streaming services, you know, and some good beefy series, you know. Yeah, I know. Have you seen that uh, I Will Destroy You yet? I've heard it's still Still haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, I really... I miss I, my I, tent poles, Noel. Mm-hmm. Your tent I miss my... I miss my tent poles. I wanted, uh, I wanted the Heights and James Bond and Top Gun and the, that Nolan movie. 
Oh, the Heights. Is that the Lin-Manuel Miranda yes, thing? Yes. I'm just, I wanted all that stuff. I was looking yeah. forward to all that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I, good news. Uh, you've, you told me some good news last week, I think. But uh, my ex's husband, uh, who works in, in film, uh, got a big long-running gig on The Walking Dead that he was very comfortable with. And oh, he's good. been super cautious about the whole COVID thing, you know, really uh, was uncomfortable with certain jobs that were offered to him because mm -hmm. he didn't feel like they were taking it seriously and the, you know, social distance aspect of it, which as we know, I mean, it's fucking hard with movies and you're working with big crews, but he seemed very confident that this Walking Dead situation was going to be uh, to his comfort level. And it's like a year and a half job. So what, uh, uh, what does he do? He's like a set builder, carpenter, okay. yeah, you yeah. know, he does, he does all the big heavy lifting man things. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, no. Uh, so I'm uh, talking with Bill Gates in like four hours. How exciting is that? Again? Yeah, again. He's Remember that time we went to New York and hung out with Bill Gates? Yeah. I went with, yeah. He, he, he came calling again, Noel. And he, really? Yeah, he's a little disappointed you're not going to be there this time. Oh, man. We really, <laughs> had, we really had a rapport, Chuck. I know. You guys broed up big time. What's the deal? Another one of his uh, clean energy initiatives? He wants to talk to you and josh about no i mean he's you know he's all COVID all the time oh so that makes sense he wants to talk about uh, vaccines and therapeutics and yeah we, yeah, yeah we said sure and uh, we're gonna do a short stuff with him and just sort of have it be the episode that's cool man yeah because he was the he kind of predicted this whole thing early like in a ted talk he did this ted talk where he was really talking about how underprepared we would be for such a some very similar event and mm -hmm. you know of course he was right um but he also is getting a lot of like a lot of these conspiracy nuts think like it's him and the, yeah. the global elite that <laughs> right. have uh, he created, created this thing. for population yeah. control and to profit off a of vaccine because you know bill gates and all he is uh he's not rich enough he wants more money and he's willing to kill millions of people to get it that bill totally. gates <laughs> oh, yeah. I've always thought of him as pure Monty Burns level evil, you know? Oh, man. He yeah. is a genuinely good human trying to do his best to leave behind a legacy on planet Earth. So well, anyone I who was, says I, all that stuff, uh, they can just stick it up their butthole, Noel. Up, right up their butthole, uh, which is what you used to refer to the anatomical part, but not people. People That's are right. assholes. Buttholes are anatomical parts. Exactly. I, I will say, Chuck, when I when we when we met him that time in this, it was in this hotel room. Um, he had very low profile security. I was very taken by how like yeah. chill he was and how not like it was very just like very high and dull, you know, yeah. like he was a good good dude. Call me Bill. That's uh that should be the name of his eventual well, I'm sure he probably has had a few books written <laughs> yeah. about him, but <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if he's written one about himself, has he? Has he done a memoir? I don't know. I don't think so. Has. I don't think so. It should be call me Bill. That's good. You should pitch that to him on the on the Zoom call. And he said, uh, excuse me, it's Mr. Gates. <laughs> yes. And then he steeples his fingers like Monty Burns and laughs ominously. So, uh, Noel, I want to give you another thank you and another plug for the podcast Rivals. Uh, the the podcast that you what do you do for that you produce it or are you sort of the high level producer on that? Mm -hmm. I'm the EP of that. Well, I developed it, you know, with the hosts and with the production team and uh, couldn't be cooler dudes. Jordan, uh, one of the hosts in particular is working with us on a lot of other stuff. And he is just one of my favorite human beings on the goddamn planet. Yeah. He sounds like a super nice guy and um, I'm just enjoying it. For those of you that haven't heard us talk about it, it's a show about famous musical rivals. Uh, these guys are just very affable and listenable and, um, 
that that's kind of the big appeal of the show, I think, uh, is they're not snobby. They're not jerks. They're just very listenable, approachable guys. Uh, that means a lot coming from you, Chuck, because you guys are kind of the model for that, honestly, in podcast. Hey, thanks. You and you and Josh are sort of like, let's learn something. Let's hang out with some dudes that we would want to be in conversation with. Yeah. And that's what makes it broadly appealing. Um, music is still so niche, though, like in general sure. music podcasts. Yeah, they're not going to be It's growing. It's growing, good. though. And like, they're such so good at it. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more pleased. They had never met before. We I literally connected them wow. on a call and then they met in person once and the rest of the recordings have been remote. They literally recorded in person one time. That's amazing. And they developed that rapport over time, and it really is hitting a stride. I'm so proud of those guys in that show. Thank well, you so much for listening. I uh, already uh, I went back yesterday because I'm just sort of jumping around and uh, checked out the pilot episode on Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham. And, uh, you know, pilots are tough, and they did a really good job. That they've was got, the they've gotten better since then, but mm-hmm. it's, um, it was really solid. Awesome, man. Uh, well, feel free to talk about this on on. Stuff you should know as well. <laughs> Certainly, uh, we would love to have some more earbuds. Give me on the on goddamn that. show, Noel. I talk back to Are him the whole kidding? time. I'm like, I'd the whole time. I'm sure we would love to have you on the show. They, the they haven't had an episode, but, yeah. the Billy Joel, Elton John episode, like all of them, the Levon Helm, Robbie Robertson. Mm-hmm. I'm just like saying things back to these guys. So. Yeah, no, that's great, man. That's that's really that's a such a cool endorsement. I will sp- pass that on to to the to the guys. Yeah, maybe I'll have uh, have them on Movie Crush at some point too. Are they oh, into movies? You think? Abs- a million percent. Yes, all they're right. into all kinds of pop culture. Cool. Steve, uh, or sorry, does uh, yeah, Steve um, Hayden has written several books as well that you might yeah. dig. One of them was uh, he did a Radiohead book, but he also did this one called Your Favorite Band Is Killing You. That's all about like music yeah. rivalry. So he literally wrote. If it's not the book, at least a book on music rivalries. So very enjoyable. Um, Yeah. Good, good dude. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes. I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Noel. So what we're going to do, we're going to kick it off this week with, uh, I finally saw Hamilton um, on Disney+. Plus. They mm-hmm. filmed a version of the original cast recording of the Broadway show. And uh, we watched it Sunday night all the way through. And, you know, we had listened to the music for a while now, so we knew the show. But seeing it performed, especially from that original cast, really just brings it to life, of course. Oh, yeah. In so many different ways. And, man, I was just floored. It was just amazing. Uh, beyond the music, which was already, like I said, I knew was great. The production was just so creative. Um, mm-hmm. Very lo-fi and that just not a lot of big bells and whistles. They did with a lot with a little, which I think was super smart and let the music shine and let the cast shine. Uh, did you th- know the music pretty well going in at yeah. all? Or, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And the, um, that, that spinning, uh, that spinning stage in the center was just mm-hmm. so smart and mm-hmm. creative. And there's so many different things they could do with that. And they just used it so well. I just, um, the costuming, um, the book, everything was just off the charts. Great. Not overhyped. It deserves I, I, every bit of it. I will say I saw uh, your hot take on Facebook that it's something I've seen a lot of people say that that Lin-Manuel Miranda as the lead was a little bit underpowered, let's say. Yeah, I mean, I felt the need to say something to kind of stick up for him because I've seen a lot of people saying that. Uh, a couple of things on that, Noel. You, uh, if you're the genius who comes up with this idea and this execution and those songs, you get to do whatever the fuck you want. Also true. <laughs> you get to play <laughs> Hamilton. Uh, and also, you know, no, he's not quite up to their level, but um, Broadway singers are the best singers in the world. Right. They're the best. Um, I mean, I guess you can make cases for the biggest pop stars, but, you know, even the biggest well, pop stars lean on autotune. Even totally. if you don't think they do, they do. They get in there with that Pro Tools and make it sound perfect. Well, there's so much physicality in Broadway. I mean, you have to be able to sure. sing for real 
every night, multiple shows, yeah. and move your ass and like and act. Know, and act and like get in and out of costume and all of the behind the scenes stuff that you don't even see yeah. stresses me out just thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's a lot. To have it go off like that. So you, you can't really compare him to that. He is not quite like he would not be the lead in a Broadway show had he not written a Broadway show. But it's not like he was bad. He was he was good. He was really good. He's a good singer. He's a really good rapper. Um, and then you just can't say like, well, he's not Broadway level. I thought he brought something different to it. It, it's, I, it was great. I love it. I brought, I brought it up because I agree. I, I didn't find it to be lacking. I thought it was just, it had, it had character. Yeah. You know I mean, it set totally. him apart like as like this scrappy, it made sense for the character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought he did a fantastic job and I, and I, and I was just, I only brought it up because I've seen so many people dogging on him about it. And I'm like, what, what's your problem? Like, it seems yeah. like a bit of an, a hollow criticism. You know, it's like here are 10 people that sing perfectly and can do anything. And then here's another guy with a lot of character and the emotion he brings to it. And I just, I thought it was great. Loved it. For sure. So I asked the Crushers because, boy, they love Hamilton. Um, let's just hear about your favorite overall moment. It's a show of moments. Could be a number, could be a glance, it could be a small piece of acting. Um, and we'll go ahead and get it going here. And I'm not going to read any hater, uh, no hater speech. I'm going to let people just shower this with praise are you gonna read bill Hader's comment oh god i wish uh let me see here jessica foley says king george my absolute favorite part yeah groff kills it he was he was funny he sings great it was that that uh sort of a gr solo greek chorus that was in comic relief that was so necessary i think in the movie did you see it all yet or did you just watch the first part i've seen about Three quarters of okay. it. I need, it's 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 the longy. I need to finish the end. It's not that long. I know. But. Uh, and then she says uh, the the Skyler sisters and Angelica's line in particular. But when I meet Thomas Jefferson, I'm gonna convince him to include women in the sequel. Work. Mm -hmm. That was a great yeah, part. That that number is fantastic. Uh, Greta Mansfield says Philippa Sue and Renee Elise Goldsberry were fabulous as Eliza and Angelica. Great singers stole the show when they were on stage. Also love the rap battle with David Diggs. Yeah, the rap battles were cool. Um, I like the way they did that. I don't know if you got to that part yet, but it's the only time they held microphones. Oh, no, I, I, I just think about when he introduced himself and they're like pounding on the table and stuff. Like I kind of look at that. That was cool it's just, too. It's not a rap battle, but it's definitely like a multi, like almost like a Wu-Tang situation where it's like a crew kind of trading versus, you know, yeah, I, I, I love that, that was that great. No, I, I guess you haven't gotten to the rap battle. That's later on when um, it's a, it's a debate, a policy debate framed as a rap battle, which is. Got it. And it was just so creative, you know, all this stuff to take. What a bonkers idea. It's like, hey, let's tell the story of Thomas Jefferson, I'm sorry, of uh, Hamilton and Jefferson mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. Broadway, and let's set it to hip-hop, and also right. pop and some sort of old-school Broadway sounds. It was like a range of styles in it. Uh, just a, kind of a nuts idea. Well, also, I mean, you sort of hinted at this, but the way it was filmed was better than any like Broadway t yeah. TV thing I'd ever seen, because it made you, A, feel like you were there, but it also got cinematic at times where the camera would like push in on the actual stage. And I kind of wonder how they did it. They must've been on just big booms or whatever, but like uh, it had a really cool vibe, you know, like where you kind of felt like you were a spectator, but then you also felt like you were in the, yeah. the show at, at certain times. Yeah. And a lot of the uh, people who saw it live said they really enjoyed the Disney plus 
a dish because they could just see so much more expression and mm -hmm. all these subtle sort of facial cues. Good stuff. Uh, Josh Brennan says, the Battle of Yorktown, probably my favorite. So good, especially Hercules Mulligan coming in with his rap section. Oh, boy, he's great. Um, and Dear Theodosia is so sweet. Such a great melody. Uh, not to mention some real raw sentiment for any parent. Yeah, Dear Theodosia, boy. I'm going to learn how to play that on the on the guitar. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> you should, dude. I am, Noel. That's what I just said. I, I would like for you to do that, Chuck. <laughs> I support you learning this song. And, and send it to me Then now that I'm finally all ensconced in my studio and I'll actually get back to dicking with some of these tunes we've been talking about. I Maybe know. We could, you're we you're could sitting on like, two tunes, Noel. I know, dude. I know. And I'm, I'm going to load them up. You just reminded me. Uh, let me see here. Emily Newton says, not a, mom, uh, not a moment in the show, but the use of color. Did anyone else notice in the second act his green suit uh, that darkened in color as he aged? I'm assuming it was green because money. It was pretty awesome. I want to look for more use of color like that. Yeah, Emily, I don't know if you were a Mad Men watcher, but there was this great, uh, I think it was a blog about Mad Men and their use of color with the costuming that goes really deep. Super interesting. Same with Breaking Bad. Yeah, Walter White's uh, kind of transformation in that was really mirrored by the change in his wardrobe color scheme. Yeah. Like he starts off wearing this like lime green and uh -huh. then he gradually, I forget it, if it gets darker in tone or what happens exactly, but there's a bunch of blogs specifically talking about Breaking Bad and the color use as well. Very cool. I love it. Uh, Jacob Johnson says, I want to be in the room where it happens. The room where it happens. Burr is a powerhouse performer. Uh, it's that point in the show you fully understand where their character is coming from. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough role to play the the villain. You know, he killed it so so good. That guy Leslie Odom Jr. is on um, someone who one of my podcast hosts actually kind of sort of discovered, I guess, or at least signed to his label S Curve Records. This guy Steve Greenberg, who does this show with us called The Speed of Sound, uh -huh. just launched. Check that out wherever you get podcasts. But yeah, he uh, was. Very instrumental in Leslie Odom Jr. kind of coming into uh, his his own. Boy, he was good. Uh, Linnea Barnett brings up a point that I love, Noel. Uh, blown away by the stage direction, especially the rotating section. Uh, also, the bullet as a character uh, throughout the entire show was really well done. Yeah, I noticed that. And they don't really spell out exactly what they're doing there. You just kind of have to watch closely and you're like, oh, that lady's a bullet <laughs> coming from the gun. Very neat. Very creative. Uh, Divi Diggs, he just steals the show. It's hard to pick a favorite when you've got someone like Diggs on stage. He, he, he plays two characters, right? Yeah, he plays uh, uh, Je de Jefferson de and oh, Marquis okay. de Lafayette in the beginning mm -hmm. with a great French accent. That's awesome. It's funny. I was just, I sort of had some regret that I hadn't seen Hamilton when I interviewed him um, because I just sort of mentioned it briefly. But now that I look back, I'm sure he was. I'm sure you like that. He probably was sick of talking about Hamilton mm -hmm. and really wanted to talk about blind spotting. So for sure, um, he he sort of came across as appreciative afterward. And Got I'm it. glad I would not have been able to not talk about Hamilton had I seen it. So it's probably a good thing. Uh, Greg Hudson agrees. King George scene stealer and usually my favorite moments. Uh, Brian Long, the opening 30 minutes, such an impressive start. So much talent on the stage. Uh, Josh Toko also loves Dear Theodosia. Such a sweet song, Noel. There was a lot of tears flowing in our house. You know? I can't I can't wait to hear uh, you play it. I don't think I'm going to even watch the rest of the movie. I just want to hear your version. 
Come I want to hear your I want to hear your interpretation. Well, Emily and I would have to do it together because it's got yes. great uh, great harmonies. Ah, oh, all the better. Uh, Mike Sam says Diggs steals the show. Philip Sue beyond amazing. Uh, Renee Elise Goldsberry comes out of nowhere, which is funny because she is in her late forties and she's been around the block. Uh, Groff is the man, but I'm going to pick a smaller moment. At one point, Washington tells Hamilton, "Dying is easy, young man. Living is harder." Later in a reprise, Washington tells Hamilton, ah, winning is easy, young man. Governing's harder. Yeah, there was a lot of subtle stuff like that. All true things. Boy, who's the guy who played Washington? He was fucking great. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't recognize him, but he did. I, I did make it to his first big scene. So. I think uh, I think one of my favorite moments of the show uh, was when he retires and that whole sequence where... Hamilton is charged with writing his retirement speech and they kind of juxta, they kind of pass each other as like they're singing at the same time, but Hamilton's front of stage and then Washington kind of comes out and takes over as Hamilton fades into the background. Uh, and then just the whole notion of like this man that did so much for our country, uh, George Washington, like would have been a shoe in for reelection and just wanted to go home to Mount Vernon and farm. Totally. Very sad. And, you know, in a good way. Now, how do you feel about this criticism that they just completely gloss over the fact that all these men were slave owners? You know, I mean, that's not the show they were making. Um, you can pick apart anything if you don't do a 100% accurate historical retelling. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I just... I don't know. I think he well, had a story to tell and he told it well. Of course. And, and I'm just being devil's advocate here. And obviously there's some power in casting it with all black casts. And that's sort of part of it where it's like, sure. we're re what's the word. I mean, I guess recontextualizing the story, we can still be patriotic and appreciate aspects of history without having to condemn people that did great things, but also did horrible things. It's like, it's sort of the idea of like separating the art from the artists is different than that, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously there's some reverence for these figures, but also, you know, we all know that they, they were very complicated figures that yeah. also did some shitty stuff. Um, I would be interested to hear Lin-Manuel Miranda talk about that aspect of it. I, just he has. fascinating to me. Okay. Has I mean, in recent weeks, sure, because it came out on Disney plus and then everyone decided to like start hitting him upside the head with a hammer because he didn't do it exactly how they wanted it just annoys me, Noel. No, I, I, I feel <laughs> it's, it's you. It's a great musical. He, you yeah. know. Oy. Have you seen the Beyonce movie? Uh, no, I have that, not. It just came out on Disney Plus as well. That looks fantastic. I can't yeah. wait to watch it. She's great too. Uh, Joshua Hall says, one last time gets me every time. Yeah, that's what I was just talking about. Chris Jackson, that's his name. One last time. So good, Noel. Uh, wait for it. My favorite song. This is from Nick Kelly. Seeing it in real life was truly something. As far as stagecraft, the eye of the hurricane part was really awesome to see. Yeah, a lot of people like wait for it. It's hard to pick a favorite, you know. Uh, another thing I love, Nolan, no one's mentioned this yet, was the dueling uh, rules. Because, you know, Josh and I did a podcast on dueling years ago. And it's, I think, to the uh, uh, uninitiated, they just think dueling was just like, Stand with your backs and walk 10 paces and shoot. But there's so much more to the rules of dueling. And uh, I think they really dispel those out to, to know that you, the value of spelling out those rules uh, in a mu in musical form was just very cool. Loved it. 
You ever seen the movie Barry Lyndon, Chuck? Yes. No, we've covered that on this very show. Great movie. I, I, I just, I, I, another, speaking of movies that I didn't finish. Oh, man. <laughs> well, no, I made it to, there's an intermission. There's actually literally a title card that says intermission halfway through. Um, and I think it's fantastic. Um, it's something I wasn't expecting it at all. It's obviously Kubrick's big period piece, you know, masterwork, which all lit with natural light and candles and yeah. stuff. It's amazing. Well, one it's of actually them, sure. really funny. And it's got a, it's a dueling, a, a pretty important dueling thing in it, too, that, that I thought was yeah. really funny and, and beautifully executed as well. Great movie. Uh, Berta Buzan Ferguson says so many moments, but as New Jersey residents with a son-in-law whose parents were immigrants, we loved everything is legal in New Jersey and uh, immigrants. We get the job done. Great moments. Mm -hmm. Agree fully. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Dave Barlow and a lot of people said this. David Barlow says the rewind during satisfied uh, the way they told the story of um of Hamilton and his relationship with Eliza and her sister and playing things out in reverse and jumping around with the timeline. Very, very creative. It wasn't just straight up musical goodness, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it, it really was an innovative uh, use of the form kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it, it in really a lot twisted. of ways. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tanya Cox also says the rewind sequence from satisfied uh, going back through helpless. Helpless is a great song, too. That's a little sugar pop goodness. Uh, okay, well, here it is. Jessica Lynn uh, Dalba. Uh, tell my story at the end. Boy, oh boy. The ending, Noel. Just get ready. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's a Broadway show. You know, I think you count on Broadway shows to finish big. Um, Hamilton finishes small. To, oh. to great effect. Nice. Uh, the opening number, Melinda Bacaleo. I researched it and watched it again to pick up all the subtle hints and wordplay. Yeah, I saw a little YouTube of the cast kind of uh, in a Zoom thing when they were asking what their favorite songs were. And they were picking all these great songs. And then um, who's the guy who played uh, Burr? Odom? Well, Leslie Odom Jr., yeah. Yeah, he, he named a few, but then he went, and you know, the, the intro. He said to, to pack that much history into a three-plus-minute song, as an overview of his life, he said it was just each stanza was so dense with information. Just brilliant. Did you see way back in the day when uh, back in the halcyon days of yore when Obama was president, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda did that sequence by himself at, a, at an Obama uh, dinner event or something like that or some kind of function? Oh, I, well, I saw the cast do it at an Obama thing, but I did not see him do it by himself. There's one early on before, I think it was still in production. Like it, it was wasn't probably the workshop yet. days. Yeah, that's exactly right. He did like all of the voices and all of the characters for the, for that whole opening sequence oh, by wow. himself with a, with a pianist accompanying him. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Because he, he did a workshop version. He did it off Broadway and then Broadway and a handful of the actors were there for all of it. I think Diggs was one of them. And, um, and Jackson, who played Washington. <laughs> Is it getting confusing yet? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, King George. Everyone loves Diggs and King George. Of course. Boy, Diggs really steals the show in a lot of ways, Noel. People love him. He's got He's such great. a unique voice. Such a good rapper and singer. I didn't know I he love, could sing like that. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. He, he holds his own in every way. I really love his, uh, I've talked about this, I think, multiple times, his um, weird hip-hop project, Clipping. It's yeah, like super awesome. kind of horror rap, like yeah. very, very weird and psychedelic. <laughs> and uh, lots of interesting <laughs> production, too. Like the guy that does the production for it is actually sort of more of a noise guy. So it's very experimental hip-hop. It's really good stuff if you're into something a little weird in your in your hip-hop. Yeah, I was, I was telling Emily about it, and she said what I like it, and I said, probably not. But <laughs> I said, I don't think it's for you, but mm-hmm. it's great. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Uh, all right, no, we're going to move on from Hamilton, and we're going to talk about another post here. What's one movie you can always watch at any time from any point if it's on? Everyone's got those movies. A lot of us have a lot of them. Uh, you got one, Noel, that you can think of? Yeah, it's funny because I actually put it on last night. Jurassic Park is one. Um, I, I just There's something in every scene that grabs me and make, pulls me in, and I just stick with it, you know? Uh, you can kind of walk away and that's one I've seen so many times that I can kind of reconstruct the missing parts in my mind, no matter yeah. where I picked up. Yeah, I would say that's one. Totally. Uh, all right. We're going to start here with Adam Haddad says double impact. My father, brother, and I love martial arts and Van Damme movies growing up may have been our favorite. Uh, it's by no means good, but it's always fun to watch. Yeah. I think a lot of times these, I mean, sometimes they're great movies, but sometimes they're just that comfort food that we love so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Tomlinson, longtime listener, new to the Facebook page. Welcome, Brian. This is Noel. Say hi, Noel. Hello. Are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, my, my, my computer dinged, and I don't know why, and I was confused. I looked like probably a deer in headlights for a second. I've got everything muted, and I'm headphoned up, but my actual computer made a ding, and I don't know where that ding came from. So, forgive me. Well, welcome, Brian. Uh, back to the future any of them they're already easy watches but endlessly entertaining still yes absolutely uh jackie warren says blues brothers uh i grew up with a mentally ill mother so i never had a lot of sleepovers or parties but my 14th birthday i had a slumber party my dad coordinated the whole thing and he helped uh keep my mom kind of out of the way and rented three vhs movies rocky horror ferris bueller and blues brothers that's great what a great story you know i still haven't seen blues brothers or Rocky Horror all the way through. Wow. Rocky Horror is, uh, I mean, it's great, but the third act I don't love. So I think it's front loaded, but that's just me. Well, then I think I've seen the good parts then, because I've, I've definitely seen the, the, the beginning and the middle. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I finished it. Yeah, it's, I, think, I think I rented it one time and it just lost me in the third act because I just kind of was like, wait, I don't understand what's going on. And I just sort of drifted and stopped paying attention. Yeah. I will tell you this, though. Uh, another movie, a lesser known uh, campy, that kind of rock opera movie. Have you seen The Phantom of the Paradise, Chuck? <laughs> I've never seen it. It's awesome. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces. But... Dude, it's so good. Yeah. It's really cool. It's Brian De Palma. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Paul Williams does all the music. Who did yeah. like the Muppet movie music? And it's just great. The songs are good. It's campy and fun and like violent and weird and sexy. It's just great. I highly recommend it. <laughs> weird and sexy. Uh, let me see. Melinda Bacaleo says a lot of movies: Jaws, Ghostbusters, Blazing Saddles, Airplane, and many, many more. Yeah, those are all on my list. Uh, Ken uh, Hebert says, Oh, brother, where art thou? In my opinion, one of the few perfect movies, story, writing, acting, cinematography, soundtrack. Really love it, and I've watched it hundreds of times. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these are on my list, too. Caitlin uh, Callaghan says, Almost Famous. One of my favorites. I can't count one on one hand how many times I've watched it from beginning to end. Yet I know I've watched it in fragments dozens of times. Yeah, it's okay to check in and out of a movie. I don't do it as much anymore because we don't have cable. So it's not like we're flipping around and just see a movie, you know? That's true. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's not really a phenomenon that happens organically as much anymore. Because uh, you got to queue up something. In, I'd be interested in hearing a poll from the Crushers. Who still watches proper cable where they, like, you know, actually yeah. flip channels around? I feel like so many people and with HBO and all these other things being available a la carte are not doing that anymore. You know what I mean? I think it's happened in a bigger way over the last couple of years for sure. Uh, 
Yeah, maybe I'll put a poll up, No, We can get a number on that. I'll get back to you with some data. Yeah. Uh, Annika Raz... Ooh, what a name. Annika Razike Ahmed. I hope I didn't get that middle part wrong. Great name. Zootopia. It's probably because I don't have a kid that watches it on repeat. So Annika just likes Zootopia. It was a good movie. That was one of Ruby's like, first movies. Yeah, my favorite part, there's just a lot of good gifable moments in that movie. There's the sloth oh, great. at the DMV. So funny. When he like smiles and kind of comes alive. That's a really <laughs> yeah. good, uh, good little moment. Yeah, those are, those are great. Okay, Jim Arroyo says, uh, Groundhog Day. Fun trying to figure out where you are in the film when you drop in. Oh, yeah. Didn't think about that. That could be a drinking game, I think. That's true. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Because it, it, it kind of gives you hints at what's happened already, too. So it's like... It, it probably wouldn't take a, too long to figure I think out. You'd but, be, I think you'd be all right. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Pesek says, Goodfellas or Casino. Uh, Scorsese at his best, and those two just suck me in at any place. Yeah, I can watch those at any at any point. Uh, Jesse Baxter says, The Big Lebowski. Oh, God, it, yes. That's a, that's a perfect example of one. I, I would I would continue watching that if I caught it on. Also, the TV version and the way it's edited for TV with the swears is some of the most creative dubbing I've oh, really? ever seen. Yeah, there's the, the part where he's like, this is what happens, Larry. This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass, Larry. What's he uh, say? <laughs> it's something like when you find a, when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> My favorite, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, and I think probably stuff you should know is... Uh, the TV version of Do the Right Thing said Mickey Ficky said a motherfucker. I thought it was so great. Mickey Ficky. Mickey Ficky. That's fun. That's sort of a good stand-in. I mean, it's sort of making the same sounds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Landis Good says Wes Anderson. Um, Isle of Dogs, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom. Lands me in a nostalgic and dreamy world. Oh, Noel, his new movie, too. We get, we're getting screwed on. They bumped that one, man. Uh, Fuck, it, okay, dude. wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you hear about uh, the, the Mulan situation on Disney Plus, what they're no. doing with that? So they're putting out Mulan on Disney Plus. The live action. A, the live action, which looks pretty cool. Um, wasn't like one I was like super excited about, but it looks cool. It looks kind of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon-esque. Yeah. Um, and they're putting it on Disney Plus for 30 bucks. Uh, but you get it forever. As long as you have the subscription. It's not like a one-time thing and then it's gone. It's sort of like you you're buy buying it. the movie for your Disney Plus account. As long as you have a Disney Plus account, you'll have the movie. And again, like to your point, if you have like a little watch party with like five or six folks, 30 bucks isn't bad at all. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm interested in that meeting where they're like, how high do you think we can go here? <laughs> like the other movies have tapped out at 19.99, So uh, another 10. I mean, it's a big budget movie. My friend Stacy worked on that. Went all over the world, Noel, dressing people. Uh, Josh Brennan's with you, Noel, in Jurassic Park. Such a good movie. Just pitch perfect. We talked about this. Like, Spielberg really just knows how to make a damn movie. <laughs> like, that's the most, like, obvious statement of, of ever. That's Spielberg. He's really going places with these, these movies. Uh, but no, there's something about every frame. Something happens that draws your eye creatively or some clever bit of, you know, repartee between the characters. There's always something. Like, it's, it's just, it, it really just keeps you, keeps you uh, invested. It's always something with the Spielberg. Oh, this Spielberg character. Yeah. All right, Noel, there's, there's a bunch of favorites on here. I think we should wrap it up, though. I mean, I'm seeing Holy Grail, League of Their Own, uh, Glory, Predator, Pulp Fiction, Big Lebowski again, Fried Green Tomatoes. These are all just 
comforting movies that everyone loves generally. How do you feel about Predator 2, Chuck? I've, I've never seen it. Is that a movie? Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's, it takes place in the super dystopian L.A. where, like, drug gangs just run the streets. Yeah. Like, literally just melee machine gun fights in the middle of the streets with Danny Glover, you know, popping out with his Glock and just taking out these drug dealer kind of zombie types. And there's some really problematic scenes with some Jamaican gang members uh-huh. that just does not play well. Uh, they're doing, like, voodoo and shit. Like, it's just, it really... It did not age well, um, but overall, it is a bonkers, absurd, over-the-top, like, almost trauma-level bonkers kind of movie. Maybe I'll check it out one day. Check it out, Chuck. All right, everybody. That's it for this week. Thanks for dropping in, Mr. Knoll, and uh, we will see you guys over the internet next Monday. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today.